Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D, and welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube as well. So here we are looking into the Miami Dolphins-Cleveland Browns matchup, the first matchup at Hard Rock Stadium. The Dolphins are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. The Browns have a wealth of injuries heading into this game. Paul, you're, you, what are some initial thoughts on your end uh, heading into this Cleveland Browns Miami Dolphins matchup this Sunday? Well, it's, it's definitely interesting that we're nine and a half point favorites considering that we're zero and two. But one of the big things I need to see this week is I get that Vance Joseph's really just getting started. I get that Adam Gates is really just getting started in his head coaching career. We need to see them not outcoach themselves. I really want to see them put the offense for starters in a position to essentially just be in that read, react, and play football mode. We've said for the past three years, four years, that that's when Tannehill's at his best. When they went to that last weekend, he really showed it. So did the rest of the offense. The offense got in a groove. You didn't see somebody who was overthinking at all. You just saw them go out and play. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing how they could finish or move forward with the development of the chemistry between Parker and, and Tannehill, which was exciting. And I really want to see Vance Joseph put in a defensive scheme that fits the opponent because last weekend he was coaching scared. And we cannot win a game against anybody with them coaching that way. Well, uh, they definitely can't win coaching scared. And specifically on defense, these defensive backs need need to play more up on these Cleveland Browns wide receivers. There's no Corey Coleman, the the first-round pick out of Baylor, who had two touchdowns last week by halftime broke his hand and is not going to be available for this game. Josh Gordon is still suspended. He won't be back for a few more weeks. RG3 is going to be out. Josh McCown is going to be out. So they're down to third-string quarterback Cody Kessler. I mean, I'll tell you what, if they, on defense, don't know what to do at this point and they're playing five, six, seven yards off these receivers, then I don't know what the hell they're doing. And when you look at the rest of the Cleveland Browns roster, not only do you have RG3, Josh McCown, Corey Coleman, and Josh Gordon out, you also, on the offensive line, you have Cameron Irving, their center out, so John Greco is going to move from right guard to center, really weakening the right side of that offensive line that Cameron Wake is going to be going up against. And and defensive end, Carl Nassib, the third-round pick out of Penn State, also broke his hand. He's going to should be unavailable for this game. Also, the safety, Abraham, as well, is going to be, be missing for this game, too. So Derek Kindred, the rookie out of TCU, is going to be taking his place. Lots and lots of injuries there for the Cleveland Browns. But going back to my other point, too, Paul, when you look at the, the right side of the Browns' offensive line, they're going to have right guard Alvin Bailey in there. They're going to have right tackle Austin Pastor. And Cameron Wake needs to get off the ground this week. I mean, he only had 16 snaps last week. And we're paying this guy, you know, eight to $9 million a year. Well, not just Cameron Wake with the 16 snaps. It's 
one of the things when you mentioned the corners needing to play up, the defensive linemen need to play more. I know we talked a little bit about it in our game preview, in our game review previously, but you look at that final drive and Indomitian Sue's on the sidelines, Mario Williams on the sidelines for a lot of it. And Chris Jones is out there on the field. Chris Jones shouldn't be on the field. I get there's a defensive rotation. You've got Jason Jones and Julius Wormsley that can kick in a defensive tackle. You've got Jordan Phillips and Indomitian Sue. So that, that's four people right there that can play there. And then a defensive end, Terrence Finney shouldn't be on the field very often right now. So hopefully they get a little smarter with the defensive rotation this week. I, I know you want to keep guys fresh, especially going into four days rest for next weekend or next Thursday night's game against um, Cincinnati. But you need to actually have your stars on the field to be successful. And the way they rotated the defensive line last week was atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. Well, it's, it's not only atrocious, but when you look at what we're paying, what the Miami Dolphins are paying these defensive linemen, Adamican Sue, Cameron Wake, Mario Williams. Uh, you know, Cameron Wake, I understand he's he's going to he's 35 years old, he, and he's best, and it's been demonstrated that he's should be playing between 30 and 35 snaps per game. Well, he played 16 last week, and and one of those snaps, he absolutely destroyed the right tackle, and it was called back on a penalty. Not not surprisingly, so. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens there, but yeah, I mean, hopping around a little bit, looking at looking at the Browns from last week, the Browns were up twenty to nothing in this football game to, to the Baltimore Ravens. Ten minutes into the game, didn't score a point the rest of the way, and it, now you take out the quarterback, you take out their second quarterback, you take out Corey Coleman and, and Josh Gordon at wide receiver is not going to be there. If the Dolphins' defensive backs are not playing up in the faces of, of these wide receivers, Terrell Pryor and Andrew Hawkins, who can't beat you deep, then I don't know what they're doing. Additionally, um, Isaiah Crowell had a great game against Baltimore last week, 134 yards rushing, but 85 of them came on one on one run. So Isaiah Crowell is a player who is between the tackles, very, very good, but not somebody who the who, who should keep the, the Dolphins up at night. Uh, look, what are a few matchups, Paul, that, that you think really benefit the Dolphins? I really think the wide receiving core against that secondary should be absolutely lights out in this game. I mean, their secondary is that. We talked with Pete Smith about how Jamar Taylor, who I know we're all familiar with, is doing out there. But he just seemed absolutely disgusted with the fact that Taylor was the second-best option available. Sounds like their secondary can't cover anyone. And Miami's got a lot of lethal threats. So I think this is definitely something that could benefit the Dolphins. I don't know how our running game is going to do. I hope Terry Hill's not our leading rusher again, even though he only needs 42 yards to uh, surpass Bob Greasy as the all-time leading rushing quarterback for the Dolphins. But, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest matchup. And, and I really think our corners could win the matchup against the Browns, which I know you felt it do a little bit already. Hey, yeah, and... Uh, look at I was looking at the Browns uh, Ravens game last night from from previous week. Joe Hayden had two interceptions when he was challenged, and he very easily could have had four interceptions in that game defending Mike Wallace. And as long as the Dolphins stay away from Joe Hayden, which I hope they do, then I, I think they have a lot of matchup issues that they can exploit. I mean, not not just whoever Joe Hayden's up against, whether that's Jarvis Landry, whether that's Devontae Parker, I would suggest Ryan Tannehill stay away from that matchup because there's there are too many other options in the passing game for the Dolphins with, with Landry, even with Jordan Cameron stepping up last week. And hopefully they get they get Kenny Stills and Leontay Carew a little bit more 
more involved too. But it's very simple. As long as Tannehill is, is protected, then I think he, he's going to have some opportunities to exploit those one-on-one matchups. Paul, looking at the running back position, and, and we talked about uh, the running game. Ryan Tannehill was the leading rusher last week with 35 yards. We've seen that quite a bit in the past. Are you hoping Jaya gets the bulk of the carries, or are you looking to see a little bit more Kenyon Drake in this matchup? Well, not just those two, but I'm also hoping to see a little bit of Isaiah Pete. Miami needs to figure out who the hell their running back is. I'm all for platooning to a degree, but they need to figure out who their primary guy is and, and how to deploy him. It, it's, it's atrocious that we don't know at this point. I mean, even when Aaron Foster was healthy, we kind of knew, but the way they were rotating, it just, they've got to get somebody that can get it rolling on that, on that element of the game. And right now, none of them are. So hopefully we see a little bit more Pete, a little bit more Drake, and Ajayi gets a little fire under his ass. I, I, I hope Jay Ajayi is off the roster as soon as possible, to, to be quite honest to me. I, I, I don't see what he brings to the table anymore. He's not good in pass protection. He's not good in the receiving game. He's slow. And, and now he fumbles and pouts. I mean, to me, uh, Isaiah Pete could potentially make J.J. expendable. And I agree with you. I hope Isaiah Pete, when looking at the whole package, ends up being the starting running back for this football team. Keep in mind, we're not talking about just some schmo here. You know, somebody who just came out of nowhere. Who is this guy? He hasn't proven anything. Where did he come from? I mean, he was a former second-round pick in 2012. Didn't work out with the Rams. Had some personal issues. Had some injury issues. I, I think Pete could potentially be that package. And this would be a great game. To, to bust out on that. And Arian Foster is likely to be out in this game with a groin injury for a multitude of reasons that I won't get into. I'm very thankful that he's not going to be available in this game. So, Paul, looking at looking at this matchup, in addition to that, a, a couple of things that I fear, um, and one, one specifically is Isaiah Kroll is that downhill running threat uh, for the Browns. We saw that last week against Baltimore. We're going to have Joe Thomas... Uh, at left, or they're going to have Joe Thomas at left tackle, Joel Batonio at left guard. Which you know, even though the Browns are not a good football team, uh, that's a fantastic left side of their offensive line. They're going to be going up against Jordan Phillips and Mario Williams. It's very key that the Dolphins control that matchup, or at least make it acceptable there. Because when you look at last week, Isaiah Crowell, that 85-yard run that he had, major hole on the left side. Not a surprise because Joe Thomas and Joel Batonio are very good at creating those holes. But that's a, that's a matchup the Dolphins have to control. Uh, what what matchups do you think, which matchups may be worrying you and, and causing you some hesitation in this game, Paul? I'm definitely with you on that left side of the line. You know, Mario Williams and Jordan Phillips really are going to have to get that push up field. But yeah, Cole to either side of the line, given the fact that Miami had tackling issues last week, given the fact that they let LeGarrette Blunt run all over them, that's a huge worry. Um, another matchup's going to be Barnage, the tight end. And linebackers struggled a lot against Martellus Bennett last week, and Barnage is a very good up-and-comer, and with a young quarterback in place for the Browns, there's a very high likelihood that he utilizes a lot of tosses to the tight end and possibly a lot of short running back passes. So the linebackers are really going to have to be a lot more what they were in Seattle than what they were against the Patriots last week, as well as Rashad and uh, Issa back there. Yeah, right. That's yeah, that, that's that's an interesting matchup. That's an interesting matchup with the linebackers, not only against Gary Barnage, uh, the tight end, 
but it also gets Duke Johnson, the running back, uh, who's going to be playing, who's going to be second fiddle to Isaiah Krull. But Duke Johnson's a different player. He's not the downhill running threat. He's more that receiving threat. So he he could he's been a little bit quiet. So he could be an interesting uh, uh, player to, to to piece in here. Gary Barnage at tight end. It, it, I was telling uh, I was telling Pete when we we're looking at uh, at the the Browns matchup. Gary Barnage has four catches for 39 yards this year in two games. So he really hasn't gotten involved yet, but also Corey Coleman has been playing this entire year. He won't be, so you can expect Barnage to to do that. What will frustrate the hell out of me is if the Dolphins are not playing up on these receivers, they're not playing close to the line of scrimmage, and we're letting Gary Barnage and Duke Johnson get these 15- or 20-yard dump passes. I'm with you 100% on that. Uh, That's the only thing about the Browns that really scares me. The defense doesn't scare me all that much, even though they're better than people think. Those types of plays, which lead back to the coaches out-coaching themselves, and and that's going to be Miami's biggest Achilles heel, something we've dealt with with this past several coaching staffs. And we need that to not be the case. We need Gase and Vance Joseph to be the guys. And this is a game to come out and show a little bit of that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, needless to say, this is do or die. If the Dolphins go 0-3 here, losing to the Browns in Miami in their home opener, man, oh, man, it's it's going to be, a, it, I, mean, we, I mean, seriously, you may you may as well just close the, the door on the season. It's it's that simple. <laughs> you lose to Cody Kessler and the Cleveland Browns in Miami. It's just never going to happen. Uh, the, here's the upside of this. Say the Dolphins, I don't care how the Dolphins get to 1-2. and two. If they do that and then they play at Cincinnati the following week squeeze out a win there somehow now they're two and two you look at the rest of their schedule and in, in, in the the upcoming two months you've got the titans at home you've got the steelers at home that'll be a tough game you got the bills at home you'll be favored in that one too then a bye week then the jets at home so you're going to be favored after the bengals game if you can get to two and two in three of your next four games with a bye and then the three games even after that at San Diego, at St. Louis, and the 49ers at home. Very winnable game. So I've always looked at the schedule, Paul, and said, okay, if the Dolphins can just get to 2-2, two and two, then we can really start having some fun here throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. The biggest scary point for me after watching the Patriots game this week is if they're winning this much with so many backups right now, it's going to be absolutely terrifying come week five or so when uh, Brady's back and, and really an angry, something to prove Tom Brady. So it's it's a very real possibility that Miami might be playing for the wild card already at this point, even if they get to two and two. Yeah. But yeah, it, I, it's, it's going to be rough. I think we should assume that, that the Dolphins are going to be playing for the wild card. I mean, yesterday in Houston, they go in with their third-string quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, and go 3-0 and, and win the game 27 to nothing. go 3-0, and and now you've got Tom Brady coming back. Patriots are going to win 13 or 14 games. Dolphins are not going to win more than 10, even if they have a very good year. I mean, but hey, if the Dolphins go 10-6, and six, get a wild card spot, take advantage of this progressively easy schedule that I think that that's a fantastic launch year for the Miami Dolphins. But they've got to win this game because if not, now the season at 0-3 gets very, very close to going off the rails. So, Paul, what's your prediction for this Browns game? I think Miami wins and Miami wins big. I mean, it's very telling when even talking to Pete Smith who covers the Browns, his answer was Miami should win this game. So I look at this, I think Gase learns a little from last week, gets Tannehill in that no-huddle situation, which uh, I don't think the Browns are, are 
staffed to deal with at this point and really pushes the ball up and down the field, mostly with the passing game, unfortunately. But even so, I think 30 to 10 Miami, I think Kroll or Duke Johnson do find the end zone at some point. But I think 30 to 10 Miami is a pretty safe pass. Yeah, I was going to go with 35 to 13. Uh, I, th- I think Ryan Tannehill, again, for the second week in a row is well-protected. And as long as he avoids Joe Hayden in the secondary, there are going to be a lot of opportunities to exploit uh, the, the Browns' safeties as well as former Dolphins cornerback Jamar Taylor. So, again, I'll go with 35-13. to 13. We'll see what happens. You can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, and on iTunes. And you can tweet your questions to hashtag FinsideQ, and we'll read them on the air, and we'll talk about them. So, Paul, in the words of Brian Miller, if it's not on the right side, it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. It ain't the left side, or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side, or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in To see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again We rep our team, you can't change, stop or ruin it All we need is to figure what to do to win Fans radio, live and direct Win or lose, we're showing up for every contest No puppet talk, it's all raw and unfiltered Voice of the fans when the season looks peculiar Rockin' Apple Orange over here and you familiar to fulfill the crap we have to hear about our team and all the latest news Vets the rookies trying to make the team paying dues Current players and alumni interviews City to city, state to state, follow the moves Call the hotline, Dolphins talk, set to go Best sports team and show all across the globe Fin ain't the left side or the right side Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.